0: Welcome down to North Star Community. I am Scott, one of the pastors here at North Star Community. I am joined today, as always, by... Teresa, the
1: co-pastor here at North Star Community.
0: (laughs) I thought for a second there you were just going to say Teresa and that was going to be it. We were going to have to wrap up today's podcast and I just know. go ahead and go home.
1: We were not going to have the same fight. Should I edit
0: out the pause or or should I should I leave it in there and just let I think let you everybody, should leave
1: it in there.
0: Yeah, think leave let it everybody there. else deal with the awkwardness.
1: Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: All right. So if you are listening to this on time and listening to us mm-hmm. regularly. Uh, This is a message recap from the first week of August, so we are still in our 1st John series, and um, the message was delivered on the first week of August. Obviously, nobody who's listening to us is hearing it then, um, because we're recording it actually after the fact. Um, So, we are in our 1st John series. John has largely been uh, conversations on love and what it looks like to love, what it looks like to be a part of a community. Uh, Who are trying to live out of a certain way of seeing, which is how we talk about faith at North Star Community. And you have something to add to that, uh, obviously, or else there wouldn't have been a message this weekend at all. But before we get to all that, Mm -hmm. we wanted to start... Uh, we wanted to pull. What is it? What's the phrase? Is it backwards? Is that? Yeah. Like Bass backwards. I, I always like that. <laughs> I <think it's> backwards. <laughs> <it's> ba- <laughs> Bass backwards. Sorry. Maybe I should. Uh, maybe we should. We'll, we'll add in a little ding there um, to to bleep out what I just said. But um, Sega's law. Yeah. That is. Uh, that was part of your you use this as an example in the message now unfortunately for me I didn't get to hear this message in person I only got to read it and um, that's because I went on vacation before you did quite fortunate for you
1: you left early
0: well it wasn't fortunate for me apparently because the feedback that we got is that this was at least a top five all-time best message for you and according to I mean many people are saying it was the best ever so,
1: well, there's that. There's a then, lot to look
0: forward to here.
1: Well, but we always try to improve these messages on the podcast, and now I'm not sure that we can. Uh,
0: well, sometimes they're improved. communicate
1: it well on the podcast.
0: Sometimes they're improved, and and sometimes they're clarified, and and sometimes they're not. And that's just part of doing it. It's a different format, and so. Uh, I think probably they lose a little bit of their power, but it gives us an opportunity to explore the same material in a different way. And maybe that'll be particularly useful for the people who are there for both. Or maybe it's a good reason to come to both. I don't know.
1: Well, to be clear, I think one of the reasons that um, folks really liked the message was, as usual, uh, the audience participation was amazing on this. So I think that we had this synerg- synergy going on there. And um, um, so you and I are going to have to try to recreate the magic.
0: Okay. We'll see what we can do with that. But do you want to introduce Sega's Law? Since I introduced the idea of Sega's Law, yeah, uh, let's dive right in.
1: Yeah. So uh, maybe as the message goes on, it'll be become apparent as to why we started with this. But here's a quote Um A man with a watch knows what time it is. A man with two watches is never quite sure. And uh, this is Sega's law. And of course, this is ironic, right? Because a man with one watch can never really know what time it is. I mean, what if his battery is going dead? Or, you know, what if the second hand got stuck? But uh, what a man does have with only one watch, if he wants it, is certainty. Yeah. He can be certain because he's only got one watch. But now, if you get in my car, you look at my watch, you look at my phone, I've got three times going on. Yep. And I don't have certainty. And um, I I su- made this little statement in the message because... Um, there is this fundamentally beautiful picture captured in the book of First John that offers us something we can absolutely know with certainty. And uh, so that's how I tied the message together. But I kind of like it.
0: But I, I would guess that um, the kind of certainty offered in First John is not so dissimilar from that of Sega's Law, which is certainty within the context of uncertainty. Correct. Yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> Obviously, there's always quite a bit of mystery to um, faith and living a faithful life, but um, um, we're being very vague right now. So let's let's hammer into the details. So what is it in First John that you are um, <clears throat> referring to, and what kind of certainty does it give us, and um, what is the good news about that?
1: Well, before we get to that, okay, I need to set it up. Sure. So I started with a question, and we whiteboarded it. Um who do you have trouble loving? Okay. And um, we have really good sports in our community and they're willing to tell the truth. Yes, and uh, so we had quite an extensive list of people that they have trouble loving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, they played along nicely because, or else no one has been listening to us because, geez, we've been talking about 1 John and about if you love God, then you have fellowship with your brothers and sisters. And we've been talking about love in a very specific way for a long time. So to answer the question, who do you have trouble loving with such vim, vigor, and vitality um, could be troubling in and of itself, right? Uh, Uh, For faithful people.
0: Just the just the inability to love as we um, as holistically as we feel uh, we are called to, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, that's the problem.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but nobody um, concerned themselves with that. and they answered that very honestly. And then I asked the follow-up question, which is, how do you make sense of that in light of First John? And that then turned into a rhetorical question. Uh, because um, that is a very hard question to ask.
0: Um, and I assume what you're implying there is that uh, by asking the question, how do we think about our struggles to love in light of First John, people go quiet because it's like, well, uh, I suspect this has something bad about me. Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. I think that's, that's exactly uh, where they went with that.
0: And I'm assuming that that's the very uncertainty that you are trying to undermine with your message to bring it back to Sega's law already. Yeah. I was... Uh, In faith...
1: I was intent on undermining that pause right there. I want to undermine
0: that. Right. Because in faith, uh, uh, when it comes to knowing, believing that you're accepted, that you're loved, and that you're a part of God's community, you don't want to be never quite sure. Right. Right? Uh, you want to be the person with one watch in the sense that you know you're accepted and loved by God. Right. Um, now, there's other, other places where it is quite okay to walk around with two watches on in faith, but uh, I believe if I were, if I were guessing, uh, you would be specifically referring uh, to that, what we consider the starting line of faith, to know that you are uh, accepted and loved and included.
1: Yes. And I used a particular verse which goes like this. It's 1 John 4:13. This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us. He's given us life from his life, from his very own spirit. And so there is some there is some s- small but hugely meaningful place for certainty for people of faith. And so let me say it again. This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in Him and He in us. He's given us life from His life from His very own Spirit. And so that's beautiful, right? Um, We've been given His life. Um, It doesn't say this is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in Him and He in us. We love everybody beautifully, right? And... um, so that's uh that's the that's the beauty, but also something that we continually forget yeah so yeah, that's what we did and um and so what I wanted to say to them is first John says, we can know um, we can be certain about this that he's given us life from his life from his very own spirit, and this for people of faith, is definitely really good news. Um,
0: Yeah, it's always interesting how, um, no no matter how hard you try uh, to understand the dynamic of faith and and God's relationship to his people, we we always lose it, um, in a sense, because this is the part that... um, the Presbyterians do a really good job stressing, and I okay. know sometimes I'm not always as as uh, affirming of of some of their thought systems as as I could be, but um, it's not our goodness that's being achieved by being faithful people. Right. It is God's goodness being given to us. Right. Um, you know, and it, it, it sort of almost reminds me of the language of Proverbs, of leaning not on your own understanding, mm-hmm. um, and then expanding that to leaning not on our on our own goodness. Right. That ultimately, you know, this is why there's no reason to be dejected or to be distraught or to be afraid when we're not living up to a certain standard, because it's not really the point of faith to get to a certain standard. Um, It is to recognize that God wants to work through us and to provide us with his goodness and to have his goodness shine through us. So in a sense, you know, there's moments where perhaps we need to get out of his way, maybe, and we could even nitpick that language a bit. But I think this is like a really key and fundamental dynamic to the way that faith is and one that we, um, no matter how many times we hear it, we're prone to miss, which is that it's not about our goodness, it's about his goodness in us.
1: Right. And um, everybody wanted to talk about the pause, right? So do you have trouble loving? Yes, clearly. I know I have trouble loving. How does this relate to First John? And then somebody in the crowd says, well, if this news is so good, why am I not experiencing more of this loving in real life? You know, why aren't the Christians in my life loving me better? And Is why- that what
0: they meant by that? Oh, they were clear.
1: Yeah, there were two things. Why aren't the Christians in my life loving me better? Mm -hmm. Um, Because they're not very nice to me. Mm -hmm. And if I'm really gonna be honest here, I'm not doing such a good job loving other people also. also. So it was a two-pronged question. And then we got into this discussion about how loving, faithful people struggle with addiction, alcoholism, divorce, infidelity, and more Christians at the same percentage rate of people who are not exploring a spiritual path. Sure. So they were like, well, what about that, Teresa? And what about that Barna study that said years ago they did it, 68% of pastors look at porn while at work, right?
0: So, but to me, is that not just what we just talked about, right? Is like
1: It is, but I hadn't given the message yet.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: So they were still trying to figure out the pause, right?
0: Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: um, and I think that's just why like,
0: aren't we? Why aren't we better? Why aren't that, we better? That's what that question is. Or why aren't they better? Yeah. Depending on uh on, on your your framework.
1: Yeah, and we had a really great discussion on Sunday by one of our friends who um has talked often about his very difficult relationship with his father. And um, raised by uh, with the help of a grandmother who was very devout and taught him love one another, right? Um, So he continued in this discussion of, well, I can't be in relationship with my father, um, but I love him. And I'm doing better all the time with loving him, but I can't be in relationship with him. And finally, I just had to say to our friend, who's a really good sport and can hang with me in tough moments like this, you need to stop talking right now, and you need to start listening, which, of course, everybody laughed just like you are, uh, because I think that the rest of the message uh, sort of gets into that. But I wanted him and I wanted the crowd to pay attention to the fact that he wanted to talk about the fact that he was having trouble loving his father but he didn't want to be judged for the fact that he was having trouble loving so he kept saying i'm doing better i'm doing better
0: it could but i'm
1: having trouble
0: or it could also be um not necessarily about being judged but about like the anxiety that we have of that comes right after we've been honest right of like i'm honest but I'm not as good as I should be. Yeah, you know, like yeah. now. And, and the irony is, as we've talked about several times, and we'll, and I'm going to keep stressing it because it's so important. For First John, the honesty is the key thing for staying a part of God's people, not the being better. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like he did the hard part by being honest. Right. Um. We always think the hard part is the becoming better. Yes. The hard part is actually the being honest. Yes. and the grace part comes from the fact that we're not better right and, and so um, I
1: didn't want him to ruin his moment by confusing it with getting better right so you know I was really uh aggressive with him on that point um and said now I need you to I need you to stop talking and start listening here and I think that that's the point for all of us isn't it that I don't think that we can look uh, a command as big as love God and love others uh, in the face uh, without sort of being afraid that our honesty sometime, somehow is telling us something about ourselves that's naughty. So in the message, I left the First John passage and did a little bit of a discussion on the nature of sin. And I said, I think the reason, one of the reasons that we're having trouble here is that we have talked too shallowly about what sin is. We've made it a a list of do's and don'ts, goods and bads, good Christians don't. What's that quote you like to use? Don't smoke.
0: Don't, uh, don't drink, Drink, smoke, or chew, and don't go with the girls who do. I know,
1: which would be very boring. But or anyway. The
0: boy, uh, we should add in, or the boys who do. Because, or the
1: boys who do. You know, um,
0: lest we think that women are incapable of sin.
1: Yes. Um, I think we're all equal opportunity offenders in that category. <laughs> We've we've maintained our equality in that one area of life, yeah, we yeah. women. We
0: got it right there.
1: Yeah, um, but we don't talk about sin like that in our community. Um, we talk about sin as being being a way where uh, it it's just our lack of honesty and our inability to live um, interdependently with God, which, at its core, is what I think the pause needed to have fleshed out um just to repeat myself that God's people spend a lot of time making lists about what constitutes sin and what doesn't and folks could name that easily enough but i don't think that's what first john is talking about right like you said it's about the honesty and i i went back at this point to the first john passage first john 4:13 And I said, you know, we know, don't we? Don't we know this in in just like in the gut, you know, in our heart? Don't we know uh, that we have been given life from his life and from his very own spirit? Don't we know and understand that a naughty and nice list is just too simple? It's too Santa-like. It just doesn't really explain why are people given life from God's very own spirit struggle to love?
0: Right? Yeah, if you again, I guess probably it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, which is a hilarious metaphor by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you miss that if you miss that first fundamental piece that we talked about, which is that our hope is for God to work through us, not for us to become acceptable. Right. Um, then none of it makes any sense. Yeah. And yet, all of it kind of makes sense after the fact. I mean, it, it, or or after you kind of reconcile with that difficult truth, and um, you know, then then we have to wrestle with the idea of that that sometimes we, sometimes we perhaps there's probably a better way of frank, phrasing this, and maybe you can help me out. But let me get the idea out there first. But you know, we wrestle with this idea then that. Um, there are times where we've gotten in the way of God's goodness of being able to work through us, which is, which is again, another, it's another kind of shaming thought that we have about why we're not better, but it's also kind of true. And again, the idea is not that we are people who are completely out of God's way all the time, but that when we recognize it, we acknowledge it. And in so doing, we are honoring our faith and honoring our creator. And I think that, um, that's a, that's a um, I think the problem there is, is, the, is the learning to accept the grace.
1: Right. Well, and I actually uh, think that sometimes what we need is just some, some words to clarify things. Yeah. And I think we've so associated sin with being bad, with being wrong, with shame,
0: mm-hmm. that
1: those words are really not helpful for people who are trying to restore their lives. Um, but I know a guy, <laughs> or at least I know of a guy.
0: Sounds like something about the black market. Isabel. Yeah, to, uh,
1: I know a guy on the dark, I know a guy on the dark web, and he's the best. And um, and uh, he's a Chilean therapist by the name of Claudio Naranjo, and he wrote something that freed me from this uh, bondage to looking at sin as bad behaving. He believed that it was really unhelpful to make two-columned lists of naughty and nice and then sink to check off more boxes in the nice column.
0: It's just a very boring way to live at a minimum.
1: I know, but, you know, our OCD friends might like it. (laughs) But he has taken a view of sin that strikes me as being at the very heart of what it means to understand that mankind is given life from God's own life and from his very own spirit. And... Here's what he said. He believes that sin is related to ignorance, difficulties, distresses, and embarrassments. He said um, that sin is a disorder of awareness and an interference with right action. Now look, this is very exciting. This is this is like this is like a nugget of gold because that matches perfectly with first John 4:13 and very rarely do I have a point in a message that perfectly actually coincides with the verse I'm using. So we should do a little happy
0: dance here. Anytime she gets this excited, I start shutting down. Well, um, you
1: hold hang with me because I have
0: to uh, I have to make sure that the overall level of energy in the room doesn't change. <laughs> Um, no, that's okay. So hang on. Let me, let, let's, uh, let me, let me get you to clarify something real quick. Okay. So I get, I get the quote and Mm -hmm. I get the idea, um, being put forth, uh, the, is it Naranho? Uh
1: Uh-huh. Naranho. Uh,
0: I get it. I'm following, I'm tracking. Now tell me why you think uh, just break down for me how you see that relating to the first John verse.
1: Okay, so if the first John verse says this, this is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in Him, and He in us. He's given us life from His life, from His very own Spirit. It means that I already have what I need to imitate Him and understand this certain way of seeing. I have the life force, right? Um. um It's that we can know that we are living steadily and deeply in Him. We can have certainty about this because He's given us this life. And so if He's given us this life, then then we have capacity, capacity to recognize when we've gone off the rails, capacity to self-correct, capacity to figure out what love looks like in a given situation. That's my capacity. That's my ground zero. That's my starting point. That's what I've given. And then if there is a disruption in that, then it's a disorder of awareness and an interference with right action. It has to do with my ignorance or a difficulty or distress or an embarrassment. It doesn't mean that I'm fundamentally flawed. It doesn't make me evil. Right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean... um to not be dualistic about it, because uh, I I always think about so. There's obviously times where we knowingly do things that are wrong as well. Um, not just it's not just a matter of ignorance, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> which I get like is a is perhaps a totally separate conversation, but. Um, it's, to me, it's sort of a both-hand thing, and I like to be able to say that as well. It's not just that sometimes we um, unknowingly. So John Wesley, which uh, he takes things way too far, but this is a very similar idea to the way John Wesley thought about sin. Do you uh, do you happen to know what I'm about to say?
1: Tell me more. Well, so, I know what I think about John Wesley's thought on sin, but what do you think about John Wesley's <laughs> thought on sin?
0: <laughs> well, so um, he talked about uh, there's both sin that— uh, now, again, like, to be clear to people, we think sin is much bigger than just an individual deed at an individual moment in time. It's also right. a power. It's a force right. that pulls you away from your way of seeing. It's right. it's many things. Right. Um, but uh, within the context of assessing a given action, uh, there are things that you sort of know that you do wrong, sort of the conscious sin, and sort of the things that you do unwittingly. Right. right. So he had. Right. A, so he talked about both, like, the sin that you knowingly commit and then the sin that you ignorantly commit. And... Um, The way in which he took things too far is he thought that uh, you could actually uh, become so pure and so holy that you could completely eradicate the uh, knowing sin from your life, like the sin that you did consciously. Which, uh, yeah, that's his connection to, I guess, sort of the uh, purity, the Puritan
1: Hmm. kind
0: of tradition, the holiness movement. But. um, That uh, that to a lot me is
1: research that indicates that's not true, but anyway, well, yeah, it is a bridge too far.
0: Yeah, there's probably not a whole lot of people who've really tried it either, so I, I don't know <laughs> if I, how the quality of the research, but uh, yeah, I don't know if I can go there with him, but just for the sake of uh, being holistic. But I'm getting in your way. All right, let me step back.
1: No, no, I think I think you're not. I think you're just carrying me on to the next point, which if you hadn't been on vacation, you would have known.
0: <laughs> <Zing>. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, so the next thing I said is, well, what if we can't get the action right in a relationship, even though we know what that right relationship would be?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, this we know. We still know. We still have certainty um, that um, that this great thing is that we have the capacity to be honest about that, which is what right. First John was telling about. Yes. And that that in itself is evidence that we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us, that he's given us life from his life from his very own spirit. So we can know this. We can know we've done wrong and we don't have to make up some fancy story about it. Right. And that is bound to make us healthier people. (laughs) And, uh, and and, And so my friend who was... Convincing me that he was doing better every day um, because he had, um, you know, because he knew he was supposed to. One of the things that he had said the week before that he didn't understand about himself was why he was struggling so hard to not drink alcoholically. So let's 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 think about that for a second. Two weeks ago, he had talked about how he was struggling to not drink alcoholically. And he just didn't understand why he, why he couldn't stop drinking. Next week, I tell him to stop focusing on being so good and get more honest about where he is and trust God with that. And a few days later, he shows up in my office and he said, Do you think that one of the reasons I'm drinking so much is because I'm trying to avoid just being honest about who I am. And I'm just trying to numb out. And this has given him a new way of thinking about his drinking history and his habits. And I think this is a beautiful thing. Yep. Because here's a story of a man who who believes that it is a sin to drink alcoholically was convinced that in order to be a decent Christian and a faithful follower, he needed to get better. So therefore, all the stories of his life had to revolve around him improving. Yep. So I don't know what'll come next for him and his life, but I think that this burden of think believing that loving God means being good is too much for most of us. Yeah. Um, and... Um, so I have to study more on what John Wesley did with his arts habits and hang-ups, right? But
0: um, he had quite a good he had a lot he had a lot to offer the recovery community, I will say, but that's a that's a conversation for another day.
1: Well, we'll do another podcast on that. Yeah. But I just ended the whole thing with saying, you know, we could ask we could get curious and ask ourselves different questions, not about how to be better or how to be good, but What's the possibility that I'm not being honest with myself about who I am? And what if I trusted God with that? Um, And um, what what if my ignorance, difficulties, distresses, and embarrassments are somehow getting in the way and distorting my own awareness and interfering with right action? So there's stuff we can do. There's stuff we can be responsible for. There's stuff we can consider. But really what I wanted everybody to know is there's also this thing that we can know that the very life of God has been given to us, His very own Spirit. And um, we have the capacity uh, to receive it and live out of that certain way of seeing in a way that I find quite hopeful.
0: Yes. Okay, do you have anything more you need to add to that? Because I feel like we've... uh, No, that was it. It's feeling like we did it.
1: I think we did it.
0: Um, Okay, so now we are, as we have been doing the past few weeks, when we remember to do so, but we're still working on it. um, uh, We are doing our recommendation station. This is where we make a recommendation of something to uh, view or watch or listen to or otherwise consume. It's probably not a good thing... To just convince people to buy stuff, but for no reason. But so far we haven't had to, we haven't asked anybody to buy anything. We're just making recommendations of things we like. It's obviously not sponsored. This podcast is way too small to ever be sponsored by anybody. So this is just our opinions on stuff. Uh, Do you have any recommendations you want to make this week?
1: I don't. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I even told you to think about something and you thought about nothing.
1: You told me five minutes ago. I had other things to that worry was, about. was uh,
0: over 45 minutes ago. Oh,
1: I, I maybe could make one small recommendation, but yeah, it might it ask matter people what size. to buy
0: them. Oh, gosh. Okay. Here we go.
1: Well, I just kind of just wrote
0: a book. Oh,
1: no, this is perfectly good
0: recommendation I, I would to make.
1: make a recommendation on it. Yep. Um, been is working. it available yet? It'll be available by the time this gets downloaded.
0: Oh, good point. Yeah,
1: on Amazon, it's uh, Step 1 from Chaos to Clarity. There you go. It's the first of 12-step study guides that I've been working on, and it's a little workbook, and it's kind of cool, and I like it. And uh, I'm quite excited about the possibility for somebody who wanted to do an in-depth look at the 12 steps. This is the first step of doing that.
0: Um, my guess is you won't even need to go on Amazon. You could probably pick it up at North Star Community the next time you're here.
1: Yes, I am going to order some copies for the community. So, so locals go. can do it, but folks who listen to us in the Bronx or Brazil will need to go on Amazon. Yeah,
0: Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Um, yes. Okay. So my recommendation would be uh, the movie First Man. Tell me I about saw. that. Um, so I understand
1: it brought tears to your eyes.
0: I, I did cry. Okay. Yes. Okay. Uh, I watched it, um, this past weekend. Brittany didn't, we watched about five minutes of it. Um, and something very hap, very sad hap, uh, man, need to start that sentence over. Something very sad happens at the beginning of the movie. And Brittany said, this movie's too sad for me. I can't watch it. But I was immediately enthralled. So, uh, she was out of town last weekend and, uh, I had the baby, and so on the baby's naps, and when the baby was sleeping, I watched uh, the movie, and um, I typically, so it's a, it's, did I say this already? It's no. a biopic. It's about Neil Armstrong, I guess, in the process of uh, getting to the moon for the first time, and historically speaking, I hate biopics.
1: I know. That's uh, why I was so shocked when you texted me and said I had to watch that movie. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah, I, I can, what my reasons for which are, are neither here nor there, but- um, this was really, really well done. It wasn't just a glorification of somebody who did something good. It was uh, showing all the complicated sides of, of everything, a complicated home life, a complicated work life, um, and um, just a really beautiful movie in a, a movie that's really about grief. Hmm. Um, and um, so... And what did
1: you say the title of it was again? First First Man. First Man. It's
0: on HBO for free, HBO Go, or their apps.
1: First Man on the Moon, I I guess, huh?
0: Yes, that's where that comes Mm -hmm. from. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, just a very beautiful movie. They shot it on film, so the colors are a little bit different than what you see in uh, digital, very vibrant. Uh, So, anyway, you'll be seeing it on digital, but it's a conversion, so you get all that good film stuff in there. Cool.
1: Well, I'm definitely going to take time to look at it soon
0: yep um, okay so by this point you are hearing our music our music comes courtesy of Blue Dot Sessions it's royalty free we are grateful for that um, it's lovely we appreciate it again we are North Star Community you can find us on the web at www.northstarcommunity.com um, we have an Enneagram event coming up in January you can find out more about that on the signups page of our website under the signups tab on our website um that seems good for now. Are you good? I'm good. All right. It's we'll ta- been real. <laughs> and it's been real good. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Bye-bye.